0: Welcome back to the Sports Beat KC podcast. This is Jesse Newell, KUB reporter for the Kansas City Star. I'm joined once again this week by Bleacher Report's CJ Moore. CJ, how you doing?
1: Jesse, I'm doing well. How are you, man?
0: I know. I'm kind of pumped. This is the second part of the draft that we started earlier. uh, The Roy Williams era draft coming this week. But uh, before we get to that, anything new in your life? uh, Have you found all the Pokemon Go's in your neighborhood?
1: What a waste of time. I have not, and I will never have that app. I can guarantee you that. Well,
0: I, I can't knock it. I'm not a Pokemon Go person, but someone did alert me yesterday that there was a bird in my living room, so they shot it, and uh, it was taken care of. So I don't
1: quite understand how it works, so I guess I can't hate too much, but uh, please tell me you haven't downloaded it.
0: I have not downloaded it. I don't know All much right. about it. All I know is that that bird is out of my living room, so I'm a That's little bit good. happier about that. You don't want any virtual birds flying around, you know, scaring people away or, or making the baby stay up at night or anything like that. Yeah. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, not much, K news for the week. Uh, it looks like uh, you know, the Lake Newman thing happened last week, and now just kind of a waiting pattern. So perfect week to do the Roy Williams-era draft. Uh, I want to remind folks of the rules that we did. A couple weeks ago, we did with the Bill Self draft. Uh, we let the people decide who had the best team. They were all smart. They decided that I had the best team by a, a landslide margin of 51% to 49% on the online poll. Uh, so uh, obviously, I did way better in that draft, CJ. Uh, but this obviously. is... Yeah, obviously. This is a normal draft. We're going to have 10-man rosters. Uh, Two walk-ons at the end are required, so that's just for fun. Uh, We're talking uh, about any time in the Roy Williams era at Kansas. He had 15 seasons with KU from uh, 1988-89 to uh, 2002-2003. And then, also, it's the best version of this player, but a little bit of a twist. It's it's while... Uh, they were with Roy Williams. So, uh, for example, as as we might use an example, Wayne Simeon played much better as an All-American during his time with Bill Self. We're talking about the best version of Wayne Simeon while with Roy Williams in his first couple of seasons. Uh, All that all sound good for you, CJ?
1: All sounds good. Ready to go.
0: Okay. I was going to flip a coin, but no need to flip a coin because I got first pick in the last draft. So it is only fair now to give you the first pick in this draft. So I Eagerly await your pick at number one in the Roy Williams era draft.
1: Jesse, you're a gentleman for, for offering that up. A gentleman
0: and a scholar, as they A gentleman say. and a
1: scholar. I am, you know, this is, this is not an easy choice, but I think, I don't believe the man I'm about to take was the best player of the Roy Williams era, but there is not a lot of good wings the, the wings are not quite like they were in the self era when, you know, I stacked up on those. So I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Paul Pierce as my first pick. The only player under Roy to average better than 20 points per game. Uh, you know, his junior year, he was pretty unreal. So uh, I'm going to go with Paul Pierce right off the bat.
0: That's good. And did, did have we heard from him since college? Has he done anything? I, I he, haven't gotten uh, any update. Uh,
1: I, think, I think he was a D-leaguer. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he just kind of fizzled out. Okay well
0: I mean again this is just a Roy Williams era draft so uh, it's okay it doesn't matter what he did after college so uh, that's fine that he didn't really go on to have a a Hall of Fame type NBA career or anything like that so uh, that pick is fine and I'm I'm, I'm actually glad I gave you the first pick because my first pick is still on the board uh, because you're talking about how great Paul Pierce's junior year was but uh, can you name who the Big 12 player of the year was that year? C-
1: C- it, was, C- it was it was Mr. Ray LaFrentz. Ra- you know that that was my other guy. That that that, that was my top two on the board. It and, was uh, that's a smart pick.
0: It was La- Ray LaFrentz. So Ray LaFrentz is my number one overall pick. Not only the 1998 Big 12 Player of the Year, also the 1997 Big 12 Player of the Year. And again, because we're not penalizing for what happened afterwards, because uh, Ray LaFrentz was a high NBA draft pick, had a a long career, not necessarily a successful one, but uh, he was amazing in college and. The one thing I remember, he would get the ball on the baseline about 12 feet away, and he had the turnaround jumper with the high release. Uh, he'd get the guy on his back, do a little shimmy, go baseline, shoot that 12-foot jumper, nothing but net every single time. I mean, every kid at the playground was practicing the Rafe friends' <laughs> 12-foot turnaround jumper over the left shoulder, or over his right shoulder, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, that was an unstoppable shot, and that dude was a college force.
1: I wonder if there's any Raves around that are like, oh, let's see, they'd probably be like 19, 18, 19 17 now. That's a I great question. Wonder if there's question. any Raves around Kansas.
0: That's a great question. Uh, it was one of those crazy names, and you know everybody had figured out that it was fear backwards. You know what I mean? It was one of those deals. But uh, I, I bet if we did enough research, there might be a, there might there, be some Raves out there. There but, might
1: be. I, I was, it could be a story for you there, Jesse. Yeah, I'm, I'm already uh, writing it down. He'd uh, he obviously he kind of had the Danny Manning curse in the NBA, his knees, you know, probably he would, I think he would have had an even better career. I believe he was like maybe leading the league in blocks one season when he got hurt, um, which really wasn't something he did great at KU. But I, if if I remember right, I think he was leading the NBA blocks at one point or maybe he had the highest block percent or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was, he, he turned into a decent pro player, but I, I think he'd have even more of a legacy if it wasn't for miles Simon. Mike Bibby Katino Mobley and Tyson Wheeler let's, let's just go ahead since, since, since those two Paul and, and Rafe are off the board I'd say while you're twisting let's the ahead. knife you would go ahead screw and- those guys like <laughs> they ruined part of my childhood thanks a lot Bibby si- you know Simon Mobley and Wheeler I'm, I'm pretty sure they took 12, 13-year-old CJ. I think it was 11, 12-year-old CJ to tears, but but both those years.
0: Yeah, I just remember the desperation three that Rafe shot from the corner. I think it's Arizona. And then, then, yeah, and then also, again, yeah, the Rhode Island game where you thought, okay, this this sort of thing probably is not going to happen two years in Mm a row, and sure enough, lightning struck for KU in the round of 32 against a a very guard-talented team in Rhode Island. Uh, Jim Herrick, forever remembered for that. Going back down to the 1998 NBA draft, uh, you know, Rafe LaFrenze taken with the third pick. Uh, can you name the first pick that year, CJ? Putting o- you on the spot. Uh,
1: I believe it was uh, Olo Candy. Olo
0: Candy, Michael Olo Candy. So Olo Candy, Bibby, LaFrenze, and then Antoine Jamison. Vince Carter with the fifth pick. Some guy by the name of Dirk Nowitzki with the ninth pick. <laughs> and then uh, Paul we'll, Pierce. We'll paul pierce with the 10th pick so uh can you
1: i mean those poor clippers (laughs) 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 look at all those just like hall of famers there and they're taking and you know he's uh he was the only guy for a long time to not make the tournament his last year in school and then be the number one pick although he did make the tournament i believe the year before he came out so uh you know, Simmons obviously is relevant this year because he didn't make the tournament, so he did not we, we kind of heard some uh, Otawa candy talk this this past year because of that.
0: It is a little bit tougher to to take Pacific to the uh, it tournament. Is. so the, yes. I will give him a be little fair. bit of uh, a leeway on that one. okay, you have the third pick now. you have the the second best player so far in this draft, and now you have the third pick, so go for it.
1: <laughs> All right, my next pick is gonna be i. The best player on the two thousand one two thousand two Kansas Jayhawks, Mister Drew Gooden, uh, you know, probably the most entertaining team, the, the most fun I've ever had watching basketball was was that year. That that team was pretty incredible. Gooden put up nearly twenty points per game, eleven point four rebounds, two assists, one point seven steals, one point four blocks. I mean, the guy did it all. He was he was pretty unstoppable. Um, I think my greatest memory might be him, like, missing a sh- – I, I forget what game it was, but he, like – he almost, like, threw a shot off the backboard to himself. He was just a freak. And uh, fun, fun guy to watch, fun team. So uh, going with Mr. Drew Gooden.
0: I I actually can't argue with that one. You know, if you're talking about peak level of a, of a player, you know, freshman year he was obviously raw when he came in. But, man, when he got to that junior year and – you know, at an 0 one team, I just remember the uh, Elite Eight game where – uh, basically, Ernie Kent and Oregon had said uh, th- they're just going to run with Kansas. It wasn't going to be a big deal, you know. It's just going to run with the Jayhawks and uh, KU ended up winning that game somewhere in the hundreds. It was like 104. To that was so fun. Uh, But so I mean, it was it was basically. And then afterwards, you could kind of just tell I mean, they didn't have to really say much. KU didn't, but it was kind of like. Okay, you wanted to run, and, uh, okay, you ran, and that was it. Uh, But, yeah, Drew Gooden was uh, definitely a peak player of the Roy Williams era. Hey, you know, if we're talking peak players, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, I'll complete my front line here, and I'm going to take Nick Collison with the fourth pick, and, uh, again, uh, just a player that – Unbelievable the 2002 2003 season, uh, along with uh, a guy that I'm sure is going to get taken here very soon. But uh, the Big 12 player of the year that makes that gives me two Big 12 players of the year <laughs> compared to year one. Uh, Drew Gooden did take it in 2002, but uh, an unbelievable, unbelievable end of his career and lifting KU to the national championship game where they eventually lost to Syracuse. Uh, some of the most dominant stretch of play that I can remember. Uh, from a KU player and I just remembered I guess it because kind of like the one shining moment highlight of him I believe it was against uh, it was either the Duke or the Arizona game I believe it was the Duke game where he got the ball he got the ball in transition held the ball up kind of above everybody else and put in the, the the finger roll in transition and it just seemed like almost one of those transcend transcendental moments for a player where it was just he was so much above the level of anybody else playing on the court that day, that it was, uh, it was, it was something that you don't forget very easily. And uh, Nick Collison had a stretch. Again, if we're taking peak performance of the peak player, it's hard to argue
1: against what Nick Collison was doing at the end of his career. I, am, I'm so, so I, I, uh, I made my board. I put good in three. I was trying to think with my head. But with my heart, I wanted Nick Collison up there. He is my favorite Jayhawk of all time uh you know true true story if my if my youngest son henry would have been a female decent chance his name would have or her name would have been collison that's how much i love <laughs> wow <laughs> like great best footwork of all time like i i love that guy so i took i took it to my buddies i was like all right help me out here like who do i put three on my board do i put Gooden? do i put collison like my heart says collison my head says Gooden. My buddy's cleared it up for me. I, 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 good and got more votes than Collison, so you know I I, I gotta I gotta pick with my head here because that's what a smart general manager would do. But man, I love me some Nick Collison. That like, might have
0: led you astray right there, huh? I mean, if you would have I, named your daughter after him, he can't get the third pick in this draft.
1: <laughs> He's oh man, it's I mean. Did you go back and forth with those two, or or where were they on your board? Uh, My
0: my decision was kind of made for me, honestly. But he was third on he was third on my board. Oh really? He was third on your board. I'm not. I'm I'm not disappointed. But again, I this is we're picking nits here because yeah, uh, those two are so close. Top level, Drew Gooden. I mean, again, we're we're arguing. 2002 Big 12 Player of the Year against 2003 Big 12 Player of the Year. Uh, but I will say that, like you were talking about with footwork and turnaround jumpers, I've got
1: some, uh, I got some skill down there in the post right now. <laughs> you, do, you do. You do. You have some definite skill down in there in the post. And, man, I, I, Nick, Nick Collison's footwork, thing of beauty, thing of beauty. So it's, it, it kills me that, that he's on your team. And, and as much as I love TJ Ford, come on, man. You got to give Collison the, the Player of the Year that year that that was that was not right. But uh he, he did win an NABC Player of the Year, but I, I, I feel like he deserved the naysmith and wooden as, as Gooden probably did the year before. And, and and my argument for Gooden is they were on the same team and Gooden was the better player. So I I I, I you know I lean Gooden a little bit but but not by much. All right, moving on. The next <laughs> day you, you, you can tell how much I'm hurting right now, Jesse. Like I was just hoping, come on. Th- throw like you know you got to go get a guard go ahead and get a go get a guard jesse so no I no no out. i'm just
0: just taking the best players man just all right the best so
1: players. uh you know i think i think the, ne- the next pick's pretty clear it's uh, mr kirk heinrich he can play the one or the two for me depending on how my roster shapes up um you know just did so many things i don't think his stats although they're great you know last la- his last season averaged better than 17 points a game um, 3.5 assists 1.9 steals shot 40.6 percent from deep you know good numbers but I don't think the numbers quite quantify how valuable he was and, and you know I'll, I'll, I'll take you to a great Kirk Heinrich quote from one of my favorites of all time stats are like a bikini they show some things but they don't show at all and with Kirk Heinrich you know the stats don't show how valuable he was
0: I don't think he was the orig- originator of that quote
1: well I, I think well, he in my head he was I okay. said it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and,
0: and again, I, again, Kirk Heinrich, I think, is a really good pick. When again, we're talking peak players because peak Kirk Heinrich at the end of his career was much different than turnover prone, can't shoot that well freshman Kirk Heinrich, and uh, again, toward the end of that twenty thirteen or two thousand three season. 2013, not quite, uh, 2003 season with Nick Collison, uh, they basically had that one-two punch where if you were uh, had some deficiencies inside, then Nick Collison was going to expose you. If you had some deficiencies on the perimeter, then Kirk Heinrich was going to take over. So I definitely cannot fault that pick at all. I think that makes my next pick pretty obvious. Uh, again, everyone can disagree, and I'm, I'm sure they will. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Jacques Vaughn. I, I think that I'm going to take the true point guard in this draft and obviously a guy that was well-beloved during his time here for not only poetry and uh, what he was known for off the court and academics, but a very good player on the court, had the game-winner against Indiana and all the famous highlight clips, had the rubber band around his wrist to make sure he snapped himself after every
1: turnover. (laughs) I forgot about that. That's a good call. You remember
0: that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. A bunch of kids on the the playground courts, again, would wear the the rubber bands to snap Uh themselves if they'd screwed up, but... Obviously a fan favorite with all that, but a great production as well. A great distributor, had some of the amazing passes that really we hadn't seen the likes of before that. the His key, he, he had that one spin move for a, a layup, but he also had the fake behind the back pass. Uh, Again, the same thing where you have all the kids at the playground trying to to emulate this. I'm faking it behind the back on my first step, and then I'm going up with the layup on the second step. So uh, somewhat of a a flashy player when he wanted to be, but also just a solid contributor all around. I'm going to take the true point guard and take Jacques
1: Vaughn. I believe that's the last jersey I purchased in my life was uh, Jacques Vaughn when I was a kid. That's the last jersey I've got.
0: You know, the other thing with KU fans is that you saw the number 11 jersey kind of proceed on, and and it was almost like someone else needed to take it because, uh, exactly like you said, you would see in the student section that the 11 jersey that people had bought was Jacques Vaughn just kind of continued to be there because nobody was getting rid of it, and they just had all those positive feelings towards Jacques Vaughn anyway. All
1: right, well, this is the first time... Uh, my my draft board has the has not gone you know you you've gone away from my draft board for the first time here and the number um 6 player on the board is still available on my board okay. so you know it makes it an easy pick this you know before Nick Collison my first love was Rex Walters oh okay and uh love me some Rex Walters let me throw some numbers at you you remember the 1993 NCAA turnaround for the 5-4. Maybe you don't. Yes, I do. Yeah, well, little, I'm, I'm little your age, man. For you. I'm, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> All
1: right, so uh, he averaged that year in the, in the tournament 21.2 points on 62.5% shooting on the way to the 5-4, which is just unreal. Against Cal and Jason Kidd, some guy you maybe heard of, Rex put up 24 points on 8-of-9 shooting. And probably convinced a young little guard on uh, Cal's team named Jared Hass to come to KU. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing he wanted to be like Rex, and and you know, in, in my head, I'm guessing that that's the reason he ended up at KU. Rex is also the reason I had a bull cut as a child, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and during that uh, that '93 tournament run, I remember this is probably a regrettable decision now that I think back on it, but I definitely shaved KU into the back of my head during that time tournament run man i loved me some Rex. so i, say, uh, I, f- I
0: feel like you're a counselor today or your psychiatrist i feel like you're yeah, opening right? up to me with all these uh, all <laughs> these details about these KU. confessions yeah it is kind of confession it's like confession wednesday here
1: i mean it's it's rex fault that like i have a bunch of bad pictures from a kid because i rocked that terrible bull cut did just <laughs> let's be honest did you have a bull cut
0: no bull cut for me no awesome. I, I, was, I wasn't cool enough i i yeah. did just the old buzz cut you know basically the the barber puts like the two setting on their thing and just goes swipe 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 so uh yeah it was just it was just ugly but <laughs> you know you're a kid whatever a, yeah
1: you know all the cool kids had the bowl cut well so, uh,
0: that's that's basically what i'm saying to you all the cool kids had the bowl cut
1: all the cool kids. i did yeah. not have the bowl everybody cut. wanted to be like rex I did, have, so. I
0: did i did have pumps at one point did you have pumps
1: of course, how could you not?
0: Okay, yeah, you had to pump up your shoe, like in yeah. library, you know, the third or fourth grade, you're the cool kid there.
1: Yeah, uh, added like two to three inches on the vertical. Speaking of vertical, Rex could get up. Well, Rex had like a crazy high vertical. Yeah, I think he had over. I think he was an over forty inch guy on the vertical.
0: And again, just that lefty stroke with him, uh, the three point stroke, like you said, shooting the sixty three percent is impressive. I'm sure if we calculated that out for effective field goal percentage, you know, when oh, he's shooting a bunch of threes, it would yeah. be off the charts good, which makes that. Even more valuable. Okay, well, I'm left with a little bit of a tough decision here.
1: Was that the next guy on your board?
0: Yes, it was the next guy yeah. on my board, actually. Uh, yeah, so Jock's
1: understandable. So I mean, you made the wrong choice, but it's understandable. We're,
0: we're going a little bit chalky here, so I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling not as good about this. This one as the last one. You went way off the board last one, which, which is why I dominated you in the poll <laughs> on City.com. I'm actually gonna, I'm, I'm gonna continue to go with a position that I need because I've got the point guard, I've got the two post players, and I'm going to take Jeff Boshi with my next pick. And again, um, (laughs) he's, I don't think I need to say much about his shooting. I mean, he was basically hailed as the best shooter coming in uh, in in the Roy Williams era and basically, you know, followed through with it. And you want to talk about players that had haircuts that kind of passed on and that started to uh, happen around the Kansas area. The the shaved head of of Jeff Boshe, I think, kind of became a fashion statement as well. But uh, you know, the three pointers he made, everybody knew he was going to shoot them. He still could get his feet set in an instant, square up to the basket, make those shots. And we know now how important three pointers are. We knew at the time how important they were, and Jeff Boshe provided that. He's going to provide that for my team as well.
1: All right. Well, that's a uh, that's a good pick. I, um, you know, I'm 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 tempted to go away from my board here but um jeff boshy was actually the next player on my board so that's that's a that's a good solid pick i'm surprised you didn't throw out a uh, a stat from jeff boshy that i thought was just going to come for sure from from jesse and that's the fact that he led the country in offensive rating as a senior did you know that
0: I did not know that. Where are you going back for old school offensive rating?
1: Kim Palm's got the the O two season up, man. Oh, okay,
0: okay. So he's, he's
1: bringing it. He's bringing it back. He's he's going even further back. So um, I, I don't think he used to have those uh, those numbers for individual players. In that season, but now he does. And uh, Boshi had a 134 offensive rating that season.
0: Yeah, that's good. It's uh, pretty know, good. Yeah, you know, I,
1: I I don't love talking up your team, but I, I'm just surprised you didn't bring it up. Yeah, well, it's, it's like I mean, you don't know your personnel. Well, afraid, yeah, that's definitely. I'm afraid you're not going to put him in the right situations. That's.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm I appreciate your concern about my team. You know, you have to bring up offensive rating with usage percentage, and, and Boshi with a 14% usage percentage basically tells you that he both basically only shot wide open three pointers uh, when he was. In there, so that plays into it as well. But yeah, he has 46% from three-point range, 110 of 237, uh, and then also a, a minuscule turnover rate, which helps out because uh, you know if you're going to be a catch-and-shoot guy, you might as well not turn it over when you do get the ball. So um, again, a little bit of a one-trick pony, but man, that trick, as we've seen, like with guys like Brandon Green, that trick was pretty impressive.
1: All right, well, I'm I'm going all over the place here. I'm trying to decide what to do. I'm going to go ahead and. Fill out my starting lineup. Um, you know, I, I probably got criticized for not filling it out early enough. You know, last time I'm sure you could criticize my drafting tactics because I because I just went wing 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 wing. <laughs> you could do that, so, or the yeah, people yeah. could do that. I don't mean whatever. <laughs> I could do that. All <laughs> right, Anyone I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Mark Randall.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Arguably the best player on the 1991 runner up uh, runner up to the the Duke Blue Devils. He put up. 16 and 11 on the heels in the final four to help him win that game then went with 18 and 10 in the title game shot seven and nine that night outplayed christian Leitner. um you know the 90 91 team is the first team that i really remember watching as a kid and uh you know from my my memory is mark randall is, is the best player on that team and and uh you know that that final four run was pretty fun so uh i'm gonna go ahead and you know fill out my front court and uh, we're going to put up Mark Randall next to Mr. Drew Gooden.
0: That is a solid pick. And again, going uh, this is like you were saying, it kind of goes back. This is about the tips of our memory here. So uh, yeah. that's good. That's a good kind of old school pick. Even if you're going for the Roy Williams, there, that's about as old school as you can get. You know, I'm I'm actually going to stick with my board here, and I'm going to go for. Talent, even if he has to come off the bench here. And I'm going to go with Scott Pollard. Uh, I think that, again, he was on a uber-talented team mm-hmm. and probably could have given more than he did. Uh, but the thing about it was he was a great rebounder, great role player on that team, and just kind of made up that that starting five that ended up being you know the the 97 team that was was so good and and like you said gave so many nightmares to, to people when the Arizona game happened so I, I I'm taking Scott Pollard you know he was a first round draft pick uh he was known for his colorful personality I guess you could say and also uh the things that he did the the long hair the the fingernail polish it kind of did shake up the, the KU fan base a little bit I think it kind of uh loosened things up a little bit R- Roy Williams didn't necessarily always have those sorts of players on his team. It might have opened the door for the guys like the Drew Goodens later on that, that showed a little bit of personality. But uh, as just as far as talent goes and as far as peak goes, even though he might have shown the uh, exact peak numbers that some of these other guys did, I think that's just because he was on a loaded roster. So I'm going to go ahead and take Scott Pollard and put him as the 5th selection on my team, the 10th selection overall.
1: Alright, my next pick, I'm going to uh, you know start strengthening my bench. A, uh, another guy that you're gonna have to go way back, but uh, Mr. Kevin Pritchard is is my next pick. He averaged, uh, you know, he played his last two years for Roy as a junior. He went 14-5 and 4.4 assists, led the team in scoring as a senior. 14-5 and 5.1 assists, shot 42.6% from deep. He had a true percentage, true shooting percentage going advanced stats on. He has 64.2%. Wow. I think probably you know a, a team that gets overlooked in the Roy area Roy era because of later success but that team went 30 and 5 and you know he's a he's the best player on that squad uh you know Pritchard could, could play obviously a huge huge member of the the 88 championship squad so uh I'm gonna go Kevin Pritchard pretty, pretty darn good bench guy
0: not bad, not bad. And, again, you're kind of going old school on me, so that's, that's good. I, I f- applaud going so old school when it is mm-hmm. at the very beginning of your memory.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, I do what I can. I, I don't remember too much Kevin Pritchard just because of the fact, like I said, the 1991 team's my first real memories. And uh, he played the year before, obviously. But uh, I will say I have watched the 1988 Final Four on Many, many, many times. So uh, I've seen plenty of Kevin Pritchard in those games.
0: <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and fill out. You know, we talked about filling out the the lineups and and completing those. I do need. You were talking about wings, and uh, that's something that I didn't do very well the last time, and obviously probably need to do a better job this time. I'm gonna actually go with. I'm actually go with 2003. Keith Langford here in this spot, and he can complete uh, my spot. And again, since you've gone ahead and given me some advanced stats, I can advance stat Give you some knowledge here. Drop some knowledge on Keith Langford. A, a 114 offensive rating. Now possession percentage of, of a usage rate of 21%. So uh, he wasn't the focal point of that offense. But again, the focal point of that offense was who you would expect it would be: Nick Collison. Why would you not give Nick Collison and then also Kirk Heinrich a lot? But uh, a very key member of that team, kind of the the third piece of that, and then um, the guy that made 58% of his twos, which is really good for a guy who's a slasher and the first of two years where you always will wonder what would happen if Keith Langford did not fall out of KU's final game, uh, the Syracuse game. So, uh, but, uh, a great player, great slasher, fan favorite, and, uh, Keith Langford, he's on my roster.
1: All right. So man, this is, this is so, this is tough. I, uh, I think I need another big man and, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add to my interior depth, and I'm gonna go with the Big O. Big O, Greg Ostertag, baby. Ten point three points per game, eight point eight rebounds, two point eight blocks. Now those might not sound like great stats, but he did it in only twenty one point one minutes per game as a senior. I mean, that those 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 if you if you run those to forty minutes per you know per forty minutes, those are some pretty impressive numbers. Um, you know, swatted everything that came into his area era. era area sorry excuse me now, you know last time you took all the rim protectors, I got absolutely the best rim protector of the uh, the royal era, so uh the big O coming in, giving me a little d,
0: <laughs> the big o giving you a little D, okay, uh yeah, he wasn't getting named the big o for his offense, that's for sure, but uh, <laughs> I just remember, man, what a monster of a human, seven foot two uh I remember walking by him once, and you know yeah. that is you never thought you would see a human that tall and uh, when you're you know back in whatever grade it is uh, that's that's a pretty towering figure okay well i'm actually going to i'm going to solidify my wing position here and i think i will take uh easily the 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 next best wing on there i'm going to take kenny gregory and a guy that you know i I think unfortunately for Kenny, and we had him on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago, and he was very gracious with his time and very honest about his time with Kansas. But I, I think that sometimes we get so colored by what somebody doesn't do that we forget about what they can do. And so with some of his jump shooting problems and, and all the hype that he came in with with the McDonald's All-American game and you know how much people expected of him... Uh, people might kind of consider what he didn't do rather than what he did. And he was a very productive player for KU in most of his seasons, you know, a leading scorer in the 2000 season. And, and part of this also might just be that uh, his teams didn't have the most success of, of some of the Kansas teams when it came to the NCAA tournament. So I, I think a very solid player here again even you know go, go the next season with drew good and he averaged 15.6 points per game he made 60 made 60 of his twos in that year again not not the greatest jump shooter had the, the long release you know struggle with the two pointers but man could the guy fly in transition he could score there uh a, a good defender and a, a lot of different things that he could do for you uh, i think at this point in the draft with my seventh pick i think that that's a, a pretty solid pickup especially when you consider uh all the skill set that he did have and i still believe he's either first or second in the NBA Combine rankings ever when it came to, came to vertical jumps. So uh, he was a guy that was athletic. Uh, I mean, that, that was there was no question about that part of Kenny Gregory's game.
1: All right, Jesse, you, uh, I'm going to take a better version of Kenny Gregory. Oh! <laughs> oh. You Kenny know, Gregory, nice guy. You know, thanks oh. for coming on the podcast. But, uh, better version of him would be uh, Milt Newton. Wow. Okay. Going way, 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 way back on you. Seventeen point seven points per game as a senior shot forty five point five percent from deep. A Very key version. member of the idiot. Man, huh?
0: a better version. I'm just I'm just still shocked. That's those are fighting words there.
1: He's a better version of Kenny Gregory. Great athlete, but you know, could actually shoot. Like so, uh,
0: not forty six inch vertical great athlete.
1: He was a pretty darn good athlete. And uh it also, you know, Milton Newton is a favorite of mine because of, of the, again, the 88 championship team. And one of my favorite stories I've ever heard, KU stories I've ever heard, and I'll, I'll tell it to you now. It was told to me by Mr. Uh, Brett McMurphy, who I believe is writing for, for ESPN these days. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that story. In the days leading up to the title game, Larry, Bro- Larry Brown told his boys that they could not run with the Sooners. You remember that? I'm not, well, you probably don't remember that OU tune, but you've heard about them. Yes. The, uh, those guys could run like crazy. You know, they they wanted to play fast. So Brown was telling his guys they needed to slow the game down. Have you heard this story before, Justin? Nope, keep going. All right, he he was telling them they needed to slow them down, make make them play KU style. And as as the Jayhawks were huddled together in the tunnel before they took the court, Newton's told his teammates, F that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Obviously, he, he put a few more letters on that F. Yeah. Let's run with these guys. And it was 50-50 at halftime, and what I think is one of the most entertaining halves of basketball ever, especially at the Final Four. And then at halftime, Brown told his guys, okay, you prove you can run with them. Now we play our game. And the second half score was 33-29, one of the biggest upsets ever. So uh, pretty pretty awesome story, I think. And, uh, and Milton Newton – Really turned into, you know, was really the, the guy that next year on that team. Uh, a team that wasn't eligible for the postseason, but that, that might have done a little damage if they were able to get there.
0: And you've left me now with the final pick of yep. the scholarship players in this draft. <sniffs> hmm, 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 You know, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming down to two guys here,
1: I, I'd, I would be between probably four guys. Probably four
0: guys? Hmm. Well, let me look at my roster here, and let's have that make my decision. I've got Vaughn, point guard, Boshi as the two guard, Lankford as the three guard, and then Collison and LaFriends as my bigs. I've got Gregory as a wing as a backup, and then I've also got Pollard as a big man. So I probably could use another guard would probably be the best thing or do I want to just go best player available with that you know I'm actually gonna go with best player available I'm gonna lock up the uh, the post again with you and I'm gonna take 2003 before his arm injury Wayne Simeon and Again, looking at his stats, you can imagine that pretty good. even in limited time, uh, these were basically similar to what he showed later when he was an All-American. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at 129 offensive rating and 23% usage percentage for that team before he got injured, and then you add in the 14% offensive rebounding percentage, 21% defensive rebounding percentage, I mean, those are all elite top-of-the-line numbers even if they only came in limited time. So, uh, again, if we're talking about this player at his best, I'm going to go Wayne Simeon at his best, even if it was only for a short length of time. And uh, he was trending that season to have uh, a season that was going to be pretty amazing. And now okay, KU made their Final Four run and made it all the way to the championship game without him that year. But uh, it does make you wonder, what if, if Wayne Simeon... Was not hurt that season. Uh, didn't get his hand caught up in the net and grab his shoulder. Uh, what might have been with his season in the two thousand two two thousand three year?
1: Might have been Jesse. He gave <laughs> his right arm for that man.
0: He gave his right arm for that man is correct. Uh, one of the, uh, I mean, one of the most <laughs> famous quotes in Kansas history. Uh, you know, you that's basically the only way you can say it. Uh, that that summed up accurately. I think the anger, frustration of so many Kansans is that. Uh, while they maybe hadn't given their right arm for Roy Williams, they had given their loyalty, devotion, and um, support to him for so long, and he decided to leave for North Carolina. Again, hindsight being twenty twenty, it seemed to work out for everybody involved, and it seemed to be the right move for him uh, to, to go there and win his couple national titles. But uh, at the time, I just remember that was my freshman year of college, just how much of an emotional thing that was for everybody involved.
1: You know, and uh, glass half full looking at the semi in it. Injury, it gave us the chance to experience the gravy train. So, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I enjoyed the gravy train experience. I'm, I'm sure you did, right? And I mean, the
0: thing about yep. the gravy train experience is that it. What's amazing is if a couple more shots go in for Kansas, he's probably the most valuable player. Yep. Yeah, yep. most outstanding player of them. And you know that doesn't get you automatic. That uh, doesn't get you an automatic trip to the rafters at Kansas. But it comes pretty close, so yeah. uh, we very easily could be talking about a reality where Jeff Graves has his rafter up oh, there, has his so jersey insane. up in the rafters, you know, next to the Simeons, the Frenzes and all those.
1: Oh. oh man, love love me some. And you know, I almost, I don't know if that team would have. Obviously, Simeon was a superior player, and it would have been nice to have him, but gravy train really just bit in nicely next to nick collison because collison was such a good scorer, and it, it i don't know the, the, that that team just kind of blended right at the right time with with the gravy train there and you know no not saying you want to take away a talent like wayne simeon but i think it, it, it came together all right for those guys
0: we've talked about you know being better fits and i don't necessarily dispute that you know we talk about landon lucas being a better fit with that roster than maybe a guy than other people out there just because you know he kind of blended into that role. And, you know, look at these numbers across the board. Graves gave basically the same rebounding production that Wayne Simeon did. Uh, didn't need to take as many shots, so it kind of allowed Nick and Kirk Heinrich to take on that scoring load, uh, while also having a better block percentage and, and, yeah, creating, and better. creating more steals. So, mm. uh, there is something to be said for that. Now, on the opposite side, uh, Jeff Graves was very turnover prone. Wayne Simeon was not. So, I mean, you're, you're weighing a lot of different factors here when you look at that, but... Uh, would would you say that Ke was better without Wayne Simeon in there? I mean, I think that probably is a stretch to me. But is there a way that that lineup produced very well on its own with when Jeff Graves came in and played his own role? I, I think you can definitely say that.
1: Yeah. no. now I think you have to put a note in here that um, Wayne Simeon only gets to play until about the four minute mark of the first half and then you pretty much have to take him out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why he's a bench player for me. That's the eighth man. There you go. I can, I can play him for a limited minutes, and then he can get his hand caught up in the net, and then we can sub him right out. We got Pollard to put in there.
1: All right, so we are to the walk-ons portion. You know, with some of these guys available, I almost wish we could go 10 deep on these rosters. I think if we would have done this again, we, we should have gone a little deeper just because th- there's so many fun players left in both areas that you know i would have loved to have still been able to take but it's uh, true
0: it, it's also a little bit tougher to to gauge teams on a on a pole when you have a lot more names too so i, I think this yeah. kind of limits it at least it does so that it does it makes a no, little bit more manageable and you
1: can only on really play like eight guys you know that's exactly. that's that's what my rotation would be when i'm coaching my squad so uh, <laughs> all right so we're to the walk-ons portion correct yes all right, we, we can talk about the uh, the snubs right after this. Let's go ahead and get to the walk-ons. I'm going to start out with uh, Brett Ballard, a guy who uh, got some got some run on that that O2 team that that made a Final Four. You know, pretty impressive. Can g- gives you a little shooting if at, at the end of games. Uh, you know, after my team has has mopped up on yours, uh, Ballard's going to come in and, and rain a couple threes. And uh, also a good leader, you know, gives a little coaching. He is the uh, Wake Forest assistant now. I think, uh, you know, good presence on the bench, Brett Ballard gives, gives my squad.
0: I really haven't criticized any of your picks so far too much. I, I mean, I haven't had too much of a problem with any of them, but you completely botched.
1: I hope you don't take, you, I you you don't com- take what I think you're going to take. You
0: completely botched. There was, there was a slam dunk, no doubt, 100% pick with the I first pick. I took the best pick. player I did I didn't take, no, the best. I didn't take no, my heart. No. No, no, no. You did not take the best walk on. You absolutely botched that pick and people are going to pick my team for no other reason.
1: Oh that, no. That I, I know what you're going to do. I T. know it's TJ Watley
0: with my first oh, walk on no, pick. Oh no, that
1: was going to be my last pick. No, come on. You
0: knew he wasn't going oh, the last the stash is, is legendary. Oh my gosh. I mean I, I have nothing else to say to you. I, I that is you you were doing okay in this draft, and you just lost it with a walk on pick because I thought somehow I take the
1: best player and then take the somehow at it the
0: end. best pick doesn't matter with the walk on. You somehow did not take T.J. Watley and the stash to put on your bench, at one of the most famous walk ons of all uh, time. I love
1: the stash. Oh,
0: I uh, well I I feel so much better. I was kind of worried about losing to you in this draft. I am not worried at all anymore. Got
1: TJ I, I I am 100% confident I win this. Man, we should look up where the where the hell TJ Wally is now. And <laughs> we should have him on the podcast. Oh man. I We should have TJ Wattley on the podcast. Yeah,
0: you're 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 setting yourself up here now. Now now yes. we have now we have to go investigate this.
1: Um yeah, let, let's let's get that. Let's make that happen, Jesse. We need to track him down, all right? Uh, okay we'll start we'll start tracking him down because yeah we got to track tj Wiley down he's he's got to have some stories i wonder if he's still got the stash you know he's still got the stash like there's no doubt
0: the stash was him so i don't Excuse know him. how you could get rid of that
1: all right yeah you got me there i was hoping i thought you maybe uh go with somebody else all right i'm uh i'm between two guys here for my last walk on spot um, you know, since since like I said, my team's going to clean up in about the third, first 37 minutes of the game. I'm going to want some fun guys at the end. I'm going to go ahead and get Chris Zerby because that guy was a scoring machine when he came off the bench. So uh, you know, him and Ballard buddies uh, we're all, both played at Hutch, I believe, uh, together. That that would have been a fun team to watch. So uh, Chris Chris Zerby is my uh, final selection. Could get buckets.
0: Yeah, more. Ab- it's weird. I've actually got some choices here to make uh, with my final walk-on selection. Yeah, yeah. You know, do I want to go, like, coaching? Like, do I want to match up with you on the <laughs> Brett Ballard, like, the intelligence coaching sort of thing? Or, you know, do I want to take the guy that, again, this was not in the Roy Williams era, but later was called the greatest walk-on of all time. True, true. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually, I'll i take Christian Moody. I'm, I'm going to throw him on there. Again, who
1: were who, who your other uh, who are your guys you were thinking? Curious.
0: Uh well, CB McGrath was on uh, the list. Was he a
1: walk-on? I think he got a scholarship.
0: No, CB McGrath.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, call, I'm calling up CB.
0: Okay, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. We're calling timeout on the podcast. We're going to look this up on Google, and in one second we will come back from our chat. Go. I think he- Initially a walk-on, McGrath earned a scholarship prior to the start of his freshman season at Kansas. Okay, you're more right than me, but <laughs> still not completely right. Okay so CB McGrath, I guess I couldn't have picked him anymore How about uh how about a little Terry nooner
1: Terry nooner was was my next guy on the board that 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 was if if I couldn't get Ballard, I was going to go noonball because you know I needed, I needed a three point shooter as, as one of my walk ons Noonball was a
0: good and' uh, good nickname too and then um also uh little Todd Kaplman could have gone in there too Todd
1: Kaplman he, he could have although you know Zerby far superior player could get buckets
0: yeah well. Okay. All right, so who were the snubs? Who did we leave off of the original roster that you think maybe merited some consideration?
1: Yeah, you you uh, there, there were quite a few guys I had ranked above you know basically all your bench. <laughs> Steve Woodbury for sure. I, I
0: had him on the list. yep.
1: Steve Woodbury, that's my best available that did not go. Um, right below Steve Woodbury, downtown Terry Brown. Okay. Yeah, uh, led the ninety-one team in scoring. Um, you know, could stroke it like no other. I, um, I am shocked Adonis Jordan did not go.
0: Yeah, I, and that's.
1: I, I, you know, I was I. Uh, I think that, you know, looking back, I would have been fine taking Adonis Jordan instead of Pritchard. I think they're both pretty close. I think Pritchard was a little bit better player, let, but. Uh,
0: let me ask you this question: Was Woodbury or Adonis Jordan higher on your list?
1: I had Woodbury just slightly ahead of Adonis, but it, it they're they're like in a tier that's pretty much the same. And that
0: and almost uh, to be honest, with you, that almost kind of hurt me because it was hard for me to decide between I those two. I loved Adonis too. Yeah. I know it was hard for me to decide between those two, so it was almost uh, if you're picking those guys, it's almost hard to to uh, very different careers. You know, obviously Adonis came in when it was a little bit more down and. Woodbury was the sixth man for a while, and then kind of stepped up into his own his his final season. So it was tough for me to distinguish between those two, but both both very good players. And again, kind of at the beginning of uh, of the era when we were and able quick, to follow. Quick
1: Adonis note for you: um, I was uh, you know in researching this, I had to look up his Blue Chips uh, appearance. Oh yeah, which was Blue Chips is cinematic masterpiece. Rex was also in that movie. Um, so I stumbled upon it on YouTube. And it was Adonis who posted it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he posted his part, and he has his own YouTube channel, actually. And uh, so the, you you gotta go watch. I'll 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 tweet out the link later after after we put up the pod. But uh, his kit, it's it's basically you know he has a camera and he's filming the, the his tele- his own television, of of That's his. That's what his you, part it's what you gotta do. Yeah, and his kid is in the background the whole time yelling, "Daddy, that's you!" (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. It's uh, it's it's pretty legendary. You know, Blue Chips, one of my uh, favorite sports movies of all time. Probably not the greatest movie, but in my heart, it is.
0: I just remember my, I wanted to go see it so bad because Rex and Adonis were in it, and so my mom, you know, it was either PG thirteen or R at the time, so my mom had to go with me. (laughs) And I mean, within the first like five minutes, she was mortified. (laughs) <laughs> i mean because it's F-bomb. these F-bombed like drops and i mean yeah. and with i mean it was the point where she, i think she almost marched me out and finally just you know decided that this was how the movie was going to be and i wanted to go see it so bad but uh yeah that i just i just remember that my mom next to me in the movie theater because uh i wanted to go see it and, and her just being mortified at the language in the very first beginning of the movie
1: can you uh can you name the movie star on uh, on my squad that actually did', did make it in this draft
0: the movie star on your squad? Yep. Oh, Milt? Nope. No, I can't.
1: The Big O was in Eddie,
0: man. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> we're not counting that. <laughs>
1: yeah, the Big O. He was on the Knicks. Do you, do you, do you
0: consider Shaq as having an acting career?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, then. You know, okay. Then
0: we're then we're in different places when it comes to that. Any other snubs? Uh, any other snubs that you saw?
1: Yeah, Air Miles once again. Uh, Aaron Miles not 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 making it on here. Uh, that's uh, you know easily him and him and Adonis Jordan, maybe a coin flip. You could have gone with the, either one of those guys. Um, you know his first two years at KU, he was he was pretty darn good. Uh, you know obviously a little better in the Self era, but uh, still pretty good in the um, in the Roy era. And then uh, Jared Haas as well. This this was one thing that surprised me in, in researching this, looking back. I did not realize that Jared Hass's first year at KU, he led the team in scoring. I looked at the
0: same thing. Yes, that's led a KU team in that in scoring
1: included Rafe, Ostertag, and Jacques. That's that's uh, that's pretty nuts.
0: The other thing about Jared, what I mean, I think that again, so much gets colored by the end of the season. But gosh, just the wrist injury he had, and the disappointment and the bad shooting that he had, you know, very very late in his career. It's almost. Uh, it's almost like that colors your vision of what the player was. Because again, I was shocked to see that he had led KU in scoring to it. It's just, it's something you don't remember from earlier time. Cause you remember so much about his later time. And then also the very famous book, floor burns. Oh man. How many copies do you have CJ? I got one. Okay.
1: I, I got one. Yeah, you got one, right?
0: I knew it. Uh, I'm sure there's one somewhere in this house. I couldn't tell you where it was. Yeah, I'm
1: not, I'm not sure where mine is, but I, I bet it's around here somewhere. I live in my childhood home, so it's probably in the basement somewhere.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I think, if nothing else, um, that he was definitely, definitely known for that—the that floor burns. Any other players that were left off the list?
1: Yeah, I got, I got. I'd say even five more that that I think were were right there in that bottom tier that probably should have been in consideration. Billy Thomas.
0: Yeah, I, that was that was who I was considering my last pick with Simeon. That was the other one I was thinking about.
1: Billy Thomas and downtown Terry Brown would have been good on either one of these rosters just to come in and fill it up off off the bench. Uh, Richard Scott. Yep, had him. Nobody had a backside like Richard. <laughs> if, if he sealed you, it was over. So uh enjoyed me some Richard Skye. Also one of my favorite players in that uh you know that early era of my life. Uh and then my mom's favorite Jayhawk of all time, Ryan Robertson. She would she would be sad that I didn't take Ryan.
0: Yeah, I had him on the list too. Scored
1: thir- 31 in his final game as a, as a Jayhawk, nearly upset in Kentucky. I, I I remember that. He was awesome that game. Probably the best game of his career.
0: Yeah, I think you uh I think you had basically everybody I had. The only other two
1: I got two more. Let's see. Let's hear who you Actually, I got three more on the list. You got
0: three more? Well, I and this was not this would not be a fan favorite, but uh, just based on production, I had Eric Chenoweth. Uh, again, if we, if we were going to match seven footers. Sophomore year Eric Chenoweth. Sophomore year Eric Chenoweth is yep, pretty darn yep. good. And uh, again, I know a lot of fans.
1: I feel like they'd, they'd vote us down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like you get a downvote for that. But I, I mean, the guy was productive. And there he are was. some He's... things when you're a seven footer that you can do that other people can't. And he was rebounder, block shot, and could score. Uh, and then I did have Jeff Graves down uh, just kind of as a pick because. Again, I mean, an eyelash away from being the most outstanding player of the Final Four during the Roy Williams era. Uh, I guess at least for me, gets mentioned on this list.
1: Yeah, um, you know Chenoweth, too. If you've ever met him, he's a, he's a really nice dude too. You almost you, know, you feel bad what happened to to you know that people jumped on him so much. Yeah, so and I know he's still a decent player late in his career. He just wasn't what he was as a sophomore.
0: I know Lawrence Journal World um, beat writer Gary Boudreau feels bad too because he was just doing an off-season feature one of those years and talked. To Eric about him following Dave Matthews band <laughs> around. And, and no, but seriously, I mean it yeah. was one of those stories that, that that took off and became on everybody's, you know, talking point and and Eric from that point on when he didn't play well, you know, everybody kind of made the Dave Matthews band joke. So I, I know it's amazing what you remember and what you don't remember, but I, I think that Eric did take a lot of grief for that. Maybe you know, sometimes players play well and then they don't play well and and so I don't I don't think Dave Matthews band had nearly as much to do with it as many fans thought.
1: I almost felt like uh, Pageant had like the Eric Chinen treatment from KU fans. Yeah,
0: and he had one of the biggest shots uh, that KU fans will remember, shutting down the Hearn Center.
1: So, yeah. uh, three more for you, Alonzo Jamison. Yep, and yep. Okay. Eric Holly graduated with uh, Rex and Adonis. You know, those those three were nice senior class, and then uh, Darren Hancock. Oh, kind of a, another kind of Kenny Gregory type. That could just fly, and uh, you know, I the the alley oops to Darren Hancock are, are some of the probably best alley oops in KU history.
0: Yeah, that guy could absolutely fly. Well, you feel good about your roster, CJ?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I do. You know, obviously, um, you've got. I think you've got the this. This is interesting. This is going to be interesting though, because because you've got the better front court. I'll, I'll be real. You've got the better front, <laughs> got the Iowa boys up there. God, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, I have by far the best wing you and, always
0: get the best wing you are just a that's that's your yeah, bias I don't, I don't know
1: what that what it, what it is about. Well, I, I, well when i looked at this when i looked at the roy era it was just clear that you had to take pierce because there wasn't anybody that was really close to him as a wing so unless you were going to go small ball real small ball and not have a you know true wing you had to take pierce and then you know, being able to start Heinrich and Rex Walters in the backcourt, I think those are probably the best two guards of the Roy era. So, really, my, you know, I, I feel like I have, I beat you at the one, I beat you at the two, I beat you at the three, I beat you at the four. And, and then I got the big O coming off the bench, swatting everything you bring in the paint. So, I'm liking my squad, Jesse.
0: You were going to name your daughter Collison, and you just said you were going to beat me at the four.
1: I, I mean, he was the third pick. <laughs> I mean, it's that's a coin flip, it, it, but 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 clearly the one, two, three. I got you.
0: We will let the fans decide. Uh, I think, I think it's gonna be closer than you think. I think that the uh, Raifel friends, Nick Collison, Jacques Vaughn, You know what? I kind of did a little bit. I think I've got a little bit of sentimental value on my team here. I think I think people are gonna can't look pick, back and they're can't gonna find pick with the sentimental value. They're gonna you pick with your head. They're gonna. Are they going to do that or not? I don't know. I, I think they're going to come back and they're going to find in their heart what they remember about Rafe the Friends, of Nick Collison, and Jacques Vaughn. My first three picks, and that might just lead me to victory.
1: Those were those were some all-time love Jayhawks. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, some uh, some older folk votes because can <laughs> appreciate Pritchard Newton, and Mark Randall. Mark Randall was was really you know he was a he was a first-round pick, I believe, as well and um i think let's see i might have all first round picks on my team not trying to to go that route but i think i might i'm pretty sure richard and and uh or sorry richard and newton were both uh were both first round picks let me newton's the one i'm not sure about
0: well that's pretty solid um, if you look down my roster some first round picks as well uh, yeah, the Pollards, the Lafrences of the world, and you know, I I look forward to our wing matchup for sure, which is going to be Paul Pierce, one of the greatest NBA guys of all time, against Keith Langford, who is one of the best overseas players of all time. So, uh, and you know, Keith Keith often has something to prove. I I actually like I like my chances of of Keith rising to the challenge against Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is good, but I I, I like Keith's competitiveness and and going against that sort of player. <laughs>
1: Oh man, I, I feel like that's a that you know, that's a bit of a stretch. I I love love me some Keith Langford, but but do you really feel like he's he's in uh he's in the same category No, a, but
0: Paul well, Pierce. I, but, I
1: think you're just trying to talk yourself into something right here.
0: We're we're gonna let the fans decide. We are gonna yeah. let them. All right, I'm
1: I'm looking it up. I don't know that Newton was a was a draft pick. I I could have been wrong.
0: Yeah. Well you've been wrong before, so that's not a big deal. <laughs> I've been wrong before.
1: Yeah. He uh, but was was a pretty darn good player.
0: All right. Well, we're going to let the fans decide. Be sure to check out KansasCity.com. We'll have a blog post up here this week uh, talking about the teams and listing the teams. And then you can vote at the poll on the bottom. Like I said last week or two weeks ago in a landslide victory, I defeated CJ in the Bill Self-era draft, 51% to 49%. Hands. So a landslide victory. Be sure to, uh, if you are smart and you understand basketball and you want to vote for my team, you can go on KansasCity.com and be sure to vote for Team Newell and make sure CJ knows that he once again screwed up <laughs> the draft, especially when it came to the walk-ons. Uh, but again, check out CJ's work, CJ BR on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Newell on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Just type in the little Google search bar, Jesse Newell Sports Report. Order. Hey, where, where i hey, put
1: go ahead sorry go say, not, it, not it, it's, it's where
0: i put all my sports stories if you want to get it on facebook i know a lot of people read stories on facebook go ahead cj what's up
1: tj Watley? if you're out there give us a call we want to <laughs> talk to you <laughs>
0: we are going to be in our sleuth uh we're going to be in our sleuth mode the next week to try to find where tj Watley is and get him on the podcast but
1: if, if you know tj let us know you know hook us up Get, we got we got to get that interview.
0: Yeah, that is uh, something that needs to happen. Well, again, uh, we're going to wrap things up here on the Sports Beat KC podcast. For CJ Moore, this is Jesse Newell. Thanks for checking us out, and be sure to check us out again next week.